Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday at 6 o'clock for our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. You are just in time here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Golden State Killer is arrested decades after the crimes, and a Rockledge homeowner is told to remove a rainbow flag. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And I'm fired up. We're going to drive the left nuts for the entire first hour, starting with Trump's prospects for re-election, followed by the black rapper in love with the president. All in this hour of Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday Eve, otherwise known as Thursday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. A former policeman is accused of being the notorious Golden State Killer. Sacramento County District Attorney Anne-Marie Schubert says investigators have been searching for this suspect since they began their careers. Many have dedicated their virtual entire professions to seeking this answer. For many of us, it was more than a professional commitment. It became personal. The Golden State Killer is suspected of 12 murders, 45 rapes, and more than 100 burglaries across California in the 1970s and 80s. DNA evidence led to Wednesday's arrest of 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo of Sacramento. Prosecutors say he's being held on suspicion of at least four murders. The Golden State Killer case was the subject of a best-selling book released this year called It'll Be Gone, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. What's interesting is this arrest came on National DNA Day, and they had only come across his DNA six days ago. They've been looking for this man for over 40 years. Yeah, the trail was as cold as ever a week ago. Yeah, just a week ago. And without DNA, he would have have committed the perfect multiple crimes and never been discovered. No, in fact, what's, what's, you know, I'm a true crime aficionado. I had just finished watching two hours of the Golden State Killer, it's not over yet. When a news alert popped on my phone saying he'd just been arrested. Unbelievable. It really is. What a story. And for those who are fans of the actor uh, Patton Oswalt, his former wife, Michelle McNamara, who passed away in 2016 at age 46 in her sleep, is the author behind that book. Okay. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Russia says it has a U.S. Tomahawk missile and plans to study it to improve their own weapons. The missile reportedly was one of the ship-fired weapons used in U.S. airstrikes in Syria earlier this month, one that malfunctioned and didn't explode. The Pentagon called the Russian claim ridiculous, saying it was designed to distract people from its support of the Syrian government and the toll on civilians in its year-long civil war. A Brevard County resident is being told to take down a rainbow flag. Jennifer Raymond lives in Ashwood Lakes in Rockledge, and she recently got a letter from a member of the HOA board asking her to take down her rainbow flag that symbolizes gay pride. The letter claims allowing her to fly that flag would lead to people flying other flags considered offensive, like the Confederate flag. Raymond is still flying the flag, and another HOA board member tells Channel 9 that letter writer does not speak for the entire board. A New York City judge says a Manhattan bar did not break the law when it booted a customer for wearing a Make America Great Again hat. The judge ruled yesterday there's no law against political discrimination. According to the New York Post, the case started in January of last year when a bar called The Happiest Hour asked a man to leave because he was wearing a hat with President Trump's campaign slogan. The man says the bartender told him the place doesn't serve Trump supporters. Oh, come on. In consumer news, check your uh, refrigerator if you haven't already because that romaine lettuce E. coli outbreak is spreading. 
An update from the CDC says 31 more people from 10 states have been affected by the outbreak since last week, bringing the total to 84. Now, 42 of those people have been hospitalized, including one who developed kidney failure, which means E. coli is just nothing to mess around with. That's for sure, but I'm having Caesar salad withdrawal here. I hope this thing peaks and goes away soon. Well, you, you know, they've, they've narrowed it down to a farm in Yuma, Arizona. They just can't say where all of the lettuce is gone. A total yeah. of 19 states have reported uh, cases of E. coli from romaine lettuce, with Colorado, Georgia, and South Dakota now being added to that list. And finally... The Harvey Weinstein sexual misconduct scandal is being made into a movie. Of course. Annapurna Pictures and Brad Pitt's Plan B Entertainment have acquired the film rights to a dramatization of the Weinstein story. The film will be about how the New York Times broke the story of a powerful Hollywood producer accused of a pattern of sexual misconduct. The work of the two Times reporters helped drive the hashtag MeToo movement and earned them a Pulitzer Prize last week. Weinstein has been accused of sexual misconduct by over 70 women. WFLA News Time 606. Watch as a firefighter catches an infant tossed from a balcony of a burning building. You can see his heroic act at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Yaffe. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I'm surprised that wasn't your lead story this morning, but you did have a lot of important news. You know, know, I'll allow it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Yaffe. Thank you. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to have a little celebration a little bit later on. As a matter of fact, um, we're going to honor you on your birthday by making your birthday the focus of today's sound judgment game. we oh. got some great prizes. That is coming up, okay? And um, along with Yaffe in the control room, we have Stephanie, who is, um, is going to be screening calls. We've had a great party before the show. Yes, we did. I yep. have not had my cake yet. I will get to that soon. Okay, good. And we have warned our news director, Larry Spillman, not to touch the strawberry on the top because that belongs to you. Yeah. yeah. And Larry... I might allow him to have some of the cake, but... It's probably already half gone. I, I would get out there because when Larry you know, gets into a feeding frenzy, forget it. But at any rate, we had a New York theme because Yaffe's making his very first trip to New York City next week. So we've called that part of the birthday celebration here and more a little bit later on, buddy. You're the heart and soul of what we do here in Good Morning Orlando, and I'm not the only one who feels that oh, way. Oh, yeah, no. We all, that's why we set up the way we set it up this morning, because you do something for every single person in the newsroom, and we, we love and appreciate you very much. Oh, thank you. You're that's welcome. Right. Yeah, I walked out there, and they're like, get back in there. We're not done setting up. <laughs> it, so no, it was like, very, very elaborate. I was like, yeah. okay, sorry. I even, I even promised to give him his birthday spankings if he didn't go back in the control room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in just a moment. I want you to tell me, at this point in time, you know what the polls say about Trump's approval ratings, okay? What do you think his chances are of being reelected in 2020? I have some very interesting data here that will really spook the left. And um, you tell me what you think um, as we get into it here in a moment. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Um, give me your odds of Trump being a two-term president at this particular point in time, 
Be honest about it, whether you love them or loathe them, okay? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. We'll dive into that from the Good Morning Orlando Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com right after we give you a shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cold cash in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. You can win this thing. Listen now for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. So that's coming up, immediately followed by an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as always. And that's only two minutes away here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So the Democrats, the rest of the left wing, some farther out than others, licking their chops when they take a look at Trump's approval numbers. In the latest Gallup poll at this point in his presidency, standing at 37%. You can find higher numbers, you can find lower numbers, but we're talking about Gallup polling here, and that's important that we just focus on that for reasons that will be evident to you here in just a moment. A president with a 37% approval rating in his second year of his first term? How could he possibly ever become a two-term president? And the left thinks it's just a matter of time before Trump implodes. And even if things stay the way they are, that they can wipe him out in 2020 if he runs for re-election, which he has promised to do. Not so fast, my lefty friends. Very, very interesting. This story from townhall.com on Gallup polling in this regard. It turns out that Trump's approval ratings are almost precisely the approval ratings of Bill Clinton and Barack Obama at this point in their first terms, and both became two-term presidents at exactly this point, okay? This is the polling when registered voters are asked whether the incumbent president deserves re-election at this particular point in their first term. Trump, 37%. Barack Obama, 37% in the Gallup poll. Bill Clinton, 38%. Virtually the same in the Gallup poll. Same question asked at the same point in the first terms of those two men who went on to get Reelected as Democrats, of course. Very, very interesting when you look at it. Now, the issue, though, most immediately of concern, if you're a Trump backer, is Congress. And the news is not good. And Yaffe and I are very, very concerned about this. There's going to be a blue wave. There always is in the midterms in favor of the opposite party, okay, from the president. It, 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 there's almost no exception to that in history. Um, and I think the Republicans are doing things right now that can make the blue wave bigger if they don't turn away and change their ways. Um, Clinton was victimized by the uh, Gingrich-led conservative revolution, the contract with America back in 1994, and the Republicans took over the House. You remember that? Just after he had been elected in 1992, and Obama... He was hit with massive losses in 2010 in particular in the Tea Party wave just after he had been elected to great acclaim as the first black president. So what do the Republicans need to do and stop doing 
in order to minimize the size of the inevitable blue wave that is coming. Seats will be lost. History has virtually no exceptions to that in a scenario like this. The issue is, how do you minimize the losses? We believe the Republicans, with what they're doing now, are only going to make the blue wave bigger. All right, 407-916-5400. We'll get into that in just a second. And you tell me, whether you love them or loathe them or you're somewhere in between, right now, what do you think the odds are that President Trump becomes a two-term president? 407-916-5400. Text me your number on that. 60%, 80%, 30%, 2% that he becomes a two-term president. Text me to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Callers uh, on the prospects of Trump being reelected. I'm coming to you. But, you know, there's an interesting piece in... Um, I don't know where this is actually, Yaffe. I know Fox it's, News. Well, it's a Fox News piece, and and it is it is a, an opinion piece penned by uh, Noah Wall, the vice president of advocacy for Freedom Works. Okay, good conservative organization, and uh, and it resonates with Yaffe and with me, and perhaps with you, because there's going to be a blue wave. You know, the opposite party always picks up seats, and the party in power with the presidency and what control of Congress, et cetera, will lose seats in the in the midterm. Elections, it just happens all the time, okay? People go back and forth, back and forth. They're never happy, and I can understand why they're not. Um, but the Republicans are doing some things that I think is going to make the blue wave bigger than it needs to be, and they need to turn away from this because they're turning off an awful lot of their supporters who put them in Congress, um, you know, uh, passing that couple of massive spending bills without waiting 72 hours like they promised that they would do in order for you know, for the legislation to really be read by the members. They rush this thing through, and that's not the way a lot of conservatives, fiscal conservatives in particular, want the game played. But that's what they're doing. They need to turn away from that. They've passed giant spending bills, uh, wasting money that we don't have in this country. Huge turnoff. We didn't send these Republicans there to spend like Democrats, but they are doing it. And the debt continues to go through the roof under the Trump presidency. Part of that's on him, but a lot of that is on the Republican-controlled Congress. You know, and and those who stand against that in Congress are being demeaned by other members of Congress in the Republican Party, the likes of Rand Paul, for example. I mean, people are bitter against him when he stands up against this fiscal insanity. That doesn't play well with the conservative base out there, Yaffe. And um, and 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 they simply, they simply need to turn away from their ways, or the blue wave gets bigger than it needs to be. I could not agree more. Everything that he said on that list is exactly right, especially dealing with the spending bill. I mean, that was the one thing that I saw a lot of Trump supporters really upset at the party over. They didn't blame Trump as much, but a lot of them said they had wished that Trump would have vetoed that bill. Well, he also. He, he, he waffled. He went back and forth. Yeah. And he said he'd never That's sign true. another one again, and he kind of wished he didn't sign it, you know? Right. This doesn't play well. Let's go to Joe in Titusville. So does the president get reelected or not, Joe? Well, if it was, if the election was held today, probably not. But in four years, it'll depend on two things. One is the Iran and the North Korea issue, and the other thing will be the market. 
because the fluctuations in the market is what happened in 2007. Yeah, let me let me let me ju- let me just say this. You mean the economy in general if it is humming and if he has um and if he has some kind of a major diplomatic um coup like uh, getting North Korea to denuclearize, I could see him easily as a two-term president. Now there are a lot of variables in there. There's the personal stuff, there's the women, there's the Mueller uh, thing that, and all that of that. Has no effect on it. That doesn't affect it at all. Oh, well, I disagree with you respectfully on that score. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But history would suggest, you know, hey, Clinton and Obama and Trump, exactly the same ratings at the same point in their presidency, and they both became two-termers. Can't deny history, bud. No. Just can't. Absolutely. Those <laughs> who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat right. it, Yaffe, right? The Golden State Killer arrested decades after the crimes. A huge story. Deborah Roberts updating it at the bottom of the hour for us. And the DEA hosting a drug take-back day. And it's coming up this weekend. Chapter and verse on that from the Debmeister. Good morning to you at 6.30 now. Deborah Roberts joining us right now. And if you are just hopping on board the 50,000-watt front porch with us, Absolutely stunning news out of California, and you have the latest. Where an ex-cop is accused of being the notorious Golden State Killer. The Golden State Killer is suspected of 12 murders, 45 rapes, and more than 100 burglaries across California in the 1970s and 80s. DNA evidence led to Wednesday's arrest of 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo of Sacramento. Sacramento County Sheriff Scott Jones says that with the DA's help, no stone was left unturned in this investigation. Both of us committed the best and the brightest, our hand-picked folks, to oversee the resolution of this case and gave virtually unlimited resources and freedom to pursue whatever leads and technology currently existed. Prosecutors say he's being held on suspicion of at least four murders. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. This Saturday is National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. It's a chance to clean out the medicine cabinet and take the stuff you don't need to a local drop-off for safe disposal. The idea comes from the Drug Enforcement Administration, and Ann Judith Lambert is a DEA special agent for the Florida District. You know, there was an old notion that you people who do drugs get caught in with the, the bad crowd. It's a street thing, and it's kind of like not-my-kid mentality. But uh, this epidemic has shown us otherwise. Uh, nobody is spared. She says prescription medications are among the most abused drugs because they're ready of, readily available in the home. Lambert says you can check with the DEA or your local law enforcement agency to find out how and where you can dispose of expired or unused prescription drugs. There are nearly 150 drop-off sites in Florida. Meanwhile, some big bucks are headed to Florida to fight the state's opioid epidemic. The Florida Alcohol and Drug Abuse Association announced on Capitol Hill that it's getting $1 million from the Aetna Foundation. The association says the grant will help fund programs that address opioid abuse through strengthening community support and connecting patients with treatment and recovery services. Florida has been hit hard by the opioid crisis experiencing, and this is a true stat, one overdose death every two and a half hours. Wow. And finally, a new study suggests there may be at least one silver lining to the opioid epidemic. The increasing number of overdose deaths has led to more organ transplants. Researchers at Johns Hopkins University found that the number of organs donated from overdose victims jumped from around 1% in 2000 to more than 13% in 2017. Now, the study also found, however, that a lot of those organs weren't always used. Researchers note that more than half of the overdose organs came with a warning, 
elevated risk of infectious disease, even though in reality, the risk is quite low. Interesting. Very interesting. And you can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Which is always, always interesting as Gina Cervetti joins us live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. And good Thursday morning to you, Gina. And good Thursday morning to you, bud. So you've been checking out the stock futures, a look ahead for us right now, and a look back on how things went and all of that economic data and uh, corporate reports that are coming in. Sort it out. Go ahead, Gina. Okay. Well, right now we have the stock futures indicating a higher Wall Street open as investors continue to assess the latest flood of earnings. Yesterday, a mixed batch. The broader market did edge higher with the Dow up 60 points or a quarter percent to 24,084. The S&P added five or two-tenths percent to 26,39. The Nasdaq ended flat, slipping four points to 7,004. The Orlando index was flat to higher, led by Tupperware, which beat estimates in the latest quarter. And today we get earnings from a lot of big companies, including American and Southwest Airlines, UPS, Amazon, Microsoft and Starbucks. Just heard from Pepsi and success in its Frito-Lay snack division is making up for a still flat beverage unit. Pepsi had sales and earnings that beat analyst estimates. We have jobless claims and other data that we'll watch for today. So a busy day ahead. I guess so. Um, Facebook has reported and folks invested in Facebook are going to be happy with the news, I think. Right, Gina? Yes, they are. In this latest quarter, shares of Facebook right now up 6.5% in pre-market trading. After quarterly revenue jumped 49%, net income climbed 63% in the latest quarter. Both beat analyst estimates. The results fuel by digital ads. Monthly user growth also topped estimates. Now, Facebook has, of course, as you know, spent the last month explaining, apologizing, and tweaking its rules after a data privacy scandal. That crisis hit toward the end of the quarter, so its implications have had little visible impact so far. One thing we do know is the Mexican uh, fast food chain Chipotle has really had a hard time since they had a lot of food scares and uh, Mm -hmm. health uh, issues. Uh, They have new leadership now. Are they turning things around at Chipotle, Gina? It looks like uh, they might be doing a pretty good job so far here. They have a new CEO. He hasn't been on the job too long, bud. But Chipotle Mexican Grill's new chief executive says pretty much everything's on the table to turn around the struggling chain. The company will consider franchising and opening drive through restaurants, according to CEO Brian Nickel. The burrito seller will rely on new foods and testing to win back customers. Chipotle's first quarter same-store sales, bud, topped analyst projections less than two months after the former Taco Bell CEO took over. Very interesting there. And before you go, Gina, um, some really concerning news out of the Ford Motor Company. What do you have on that? Well, Ford plans to cut another $11.5 billion from spending and will do away with several sedans, including the Fusion and the Taurus. Ford did have a pretty good uh, latest quarterly report. First quarter earnings per share and revenue beat estimates. Ford, though, won't invest in new generations of sedans for the North American market, eventually reducing its car lineup to the Mustang and an all-new Focus Active crossover coming next year. And But by 2020, almost 90% of Ford's North American portfolio will be pickups, SUVs, and commercial vehicles. Boy, what a change. That's a real shocker for Mm -hmm. the venerable Ford Motor Company. Gina, thank you as always for the Bloomberg Business Report. Have a wonderful day in New York, and we'll look forward to being with you tomorrow morning. Thank you, bud. You too. All right, good deal. From the Bud Man's Believe It or Not file, (laughs) 
help me understand what's going on here. Black rapper superstar Kanye West professing love for Donald Trump. And the left is going out of their minds. What's the deal with this? I need some help. 407-916-5400. How do you explain it? I'll take a shot at it. The text line is open at 23680 where um, standard message and data rates apply. Maybe Shakespeare is right all those hundreds of years ago. Politics makes strange bedfellows. Kanye West and Donald Trump? <laughs> More coming up here in a moment, along with an update, of course, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which I'll have in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I need you to hurry up, man, cause I can't wait He's a superstar. That's black rapper Kanye West. Married to Kim Kardashian, you know, all of that. What, you dancing in there? No. No? No. Not your no, type? <laughs> no, I'm about to pound my fist on the uh, on the railing here on the 50,000-watt front porch. We had to kind of <laughs> set the mood here. Um, I'm telling you, the left is going apoplectic, and, and their reaction is really interesting um, to this love affair that has suddenly kind of blossomed beyond what it ever had been between the black rapper Kanye West and President Trump viewed by the left as a white supremacist and a racist, right? And you would not expect Kanye West to be a Trump supporter. I mean, look at the history. Let me take you back to a live television special for Hurricane Katrina relief in 2005 when Kanye on national television said this about then President George W. Bush. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Remember that? But he does, Kanye West, believe that Donald Trump's the guy. He's been tweeting about it. He was caught yesterday coming out of a studio with a red Trump Make America Great Again baseball cap signed on the bill by the president himself. And he's been tweeting this, and the left is losing their collective liberal minds. Here it is from Kanye. You don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. He's my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everyone, everything everyone does, but but that's what makes us individuals. Trump um, tweeted back, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Last night, Kanye tweeted turning his attention to former President Barack Obama. Obama was in office for eight years and nothing in Chicago, crime-ridden Chicago, changed. He declared, though, his respect for Hillary Clinton, writing, I love Hillary, too. But none of this matters. I mean, this is like the ultimate betrayal by a by a man of color with left-wing political roots. West, though, has a history with Trump. He visited Trump Tower around the... Uh, the time of the campaign and the election. Remember that? And he told an audience in California right after the November election when Trump had been elected in 2016, I told you all I didn't vote, right? But if I would have voted, I would have voted for Trump. It looks like he gravitates toward Trump because he professes in other tweets his admiration for free thinkers who don't just think the same way all the time, that actually think things over issue by issue. 
I think that might be what this is all about. Now, here's another possibility, Yaffe. Kanye West has said initially he's going to run for president in 2020. Now he's backed it up to 2024. Maybe he wants Trump to blow out Pence and make him his running mate in 2020 so he can use that as a platform to become the president in 2024. Maybe that's why he's suddenly having this bromance, if you will, with Donald Trump that's making the left nuts. I don't care why he's doing it. I just love the reaction to it. How do you explain what's going on here? And uh, are you enjoying the left going apoplectic as I am? I listened this morning as I came in here. They had a replay of Don Lemon's show on CNN, okay? He's the black host at 10 o'clock. He had an all-black panel, and they were talking about this. And they all were going crazy. They were screaming at the camera. They were screaming at Lemon. They were screaming at each other. It was chaos. It was a riot. How do you explain what's going on with Kanye West? He just loves Donald Trump. What's the deal here? Is it the real deal? Is he trying to get a bunch of white people to buy his rap albums that normally wouldn't give him a second thought? Is it a business thing? Is it politics? What is it? Or is it the real genuine deal? I think it might be. I think he likes Trump's independent thinking and his independent streak. A lot of his tweets seem to indicate that. Maybe you can analyze this. We'll get Yaffe and Steph on this in just a moment. Um, a little more Kanye West. The black rapper superstar has the left going apoplectic, apoplectic with his betrayal that he now just loves Donald Trump's wearing one of his hats. Lars and Hawthorne, what do you make of all of this? Well, I'll tell you, I don't uh, really care for Kanye West's music, but what he has stated transcends all politics. All you can ask of your fellow human being in any endeavor in life, whether it's business, uh, music, whatever it is, is for them to think for themselves. And that is anathema to liberal Democrats. They want you on their reservation so that they can go on and try to win the next crew for trying to change the Constitution of the United States. And you know what, bud? I'm thinking that one of the biggest reasons we're seeing more and more rabble-rousing by the left is because they're starting to realize that if you don't think, the only thing you can do is motivate people to use Bolshevik tactics to take over. That's why we're seeing so many violent acts by those on the left. Very interesting analysis, provocative thinking there, and I appreciate it. Text line, Yaffe, before we get you and Steph to weigh in on this Kanye West bromance with Donald Trump. Yeah, one person says this, says uh, Kanye finally came to his senses, never liked him until yesterday. <laughs> Another person says uh, he had no credibility then, talking when he bashed George Bush, and he has no credibility now. Another person says this, and I actually think this is kind of right on. He says, you were thinking this out way too much, bud. Kanye is not that intelligent. Ah, okay. So when you start going into his political future. What do you guys think? You and Steph, what do you think's going on here? I think he just likes Trump. It's not that complicated people i think he likes opinions. the rebellion i think he likes the rebellious streak in him yeah the kanye west clearly has. yeah and he Maybe met him they, and he likes him steph is that the common ground i think so i think he genuinely likes him and i think he knows how to think for himself unlike most of the liberals yeah i will say this he is good at being controversial for attention so there's definitely some of that involved he's getting a lot of attention for this and he knows it so he's going to keep going down this road and he's done stuff like that in the past yeah 
I mean, there are those who are going so far to say the guy's on drugs, he's got an opioid addiction, he can't possibly oh, actually believe this. That's you ridiculous. Know, it's amazing. Maybe he just likes him. That's all. It's not that big a deal. And that goes back. That goes back to the election, and probably even before that. You know, so crazy, amazing stuff. All right, um, Deborah Roberts here, checking in with our news at the top of the hour, and uh, reporting on just a huge story that broke out of the West Coast yesterday: the Golden State serial killer arrested decades after these horrendous crimes. And an Ocala school shooting hero, honored by our governor. Good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We continue for you at 659. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday edition of the show at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Golden State Killer is arrested decades after the crimes, and an Ocala school shooting hero is honored by the governor. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And now another Central Florida county appears to be rejecting the school guardian program. My question to you, who's going to protect our kids from the next mass killer? Next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. The man accused of a notorious decades-long crime spree in California is an ex-cop. DNA evidence led to yesterday's arrest of 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo of Sacramento. The so-called Golden State Killer is accused of 12 murders and over 45 sexual assaults across the uh, state from 1976 to 1986. Ventura County District Attorney Greg Totten says he's filed two counts of capital murder charges against D'Angelo. While this filing is just the beginning, it is the culmination of a decades-long unrelenting investigation that's singularly focused on bringing this rapist and killer to justice. D'Angelo has so far been charged with two murders in Sacramento County in 1978 and two murders in Ventura County in 1980. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And the trail only got hot a week ago. And without DNA, this guy never would have been caught. I can't wait to hear how they were able to get the DNA they needed to create a match, you well, know, from it, the crime scenes. It was discarded DNA, actually. But what I'm most interested in finding out is what put this 72-year-old man on investigators' radar. So, like, you, you have a cigarette, you drink from a water bottle, you right. throw it away. Mm. That becomes fair game for law enforcement. They can collect that then as evidence as discarded DNA. Yeah. I want to know what made D'Angelo stick out to these investigators six days ago and his arrest came on National DNA Day, which was yesterday. It's amazing. I bet he was the most shocked guy on the planet. The looks of his his mugshot looks like just that. He never thought he was going to get caught. Yeah, what a story. It really is. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The suspected Waffle House shooter had a stockpile of ammunition. Court documents show Travis Ranking had over 970 rounds of ammo. Police also found gun scopes, a GoPro camera, several computers, and four cell phones. Ranking is charged with killing four people when he opened fire on a Nashville Waffle House early Sunday morning. He was captured Monday after an extensive manhunt. They could have killed everyone in that restaurant ten times over 
if that hero hadn't gone after him, grabbed and wrestled away the AR-15 and tossed it back over the counter, right? Yeah, exactly. He could have killed everybody. He could have killed there. everybody, and it shows with that oh. many rounds of ammunition. Oh, he was my planning goodness, something. Deb. I was not aware he had nearly 1,000 rounds. Yeah, I wasn't either. Woo. Back here in Florida, Rick Scott presents the Governor's Medal of Heroism to Marion County Deputy Jim Long, the resource officer assigned to Forest High School in Ocala. On the morning of April 20th, 2018, Deputy Long heard the loud bang of gunfire from inside the school. Within three minutes, he found and apprehended the suspect, saving countless students from potential harm. One student was shot in the ankle, but the deputy captured the shooter before anyone could be killed. Long says he was just part of the team that protected the students that day. Uh, Deputy Long actually graduated from Forest High School back in 1989. A story I know you're getting ready to talk about, the school marshal program. It turns out Hendry County Schools will be among the first in the state to take part in that controversial program. The district school board voted this week to allow some school staff members to be armed. The Guardian program, of course, was created after the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, but many districts have been reluctant to sign on, including Brevard County. The sheriff's office will start conducting training in June, and the program should be implemented at the start of the next school year. But still, as far as I know, no Central Florida counties are buying into this program, and Lake County is the latest to reject it. We're talking about it in a moment. Well, in the meantime, the U.S. Secret Service would get more involved in preventing school violence under a bill co-sponsored by several senators, including Florida's Marco Rubio and Bill Nelson. The Eagles Act is named after the mascot of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, site of the Valentine's Day massacre that killed 17 people. The measure provides funding to the Secret Service's National Threat Assessment Center, which Rubio says will provide top-notch research to stop school violence and help prevent future tragedies. Nelson says the bill will help give school officials the resources and training they need to detect potential threats before they materialize. WFLA News Time at 7.07, and you can read about Delta apologizing after a woman with multiple sclerosis is tied to a wheelchair. Oh, come on. And her son says they were kind enough to use a dirty blanket for the deed. Oh, jeez. Get the details at 1025wfla.com. Let's hope she at least got two bags of free peanuts. I hope she winds up owning half the airline. Yeah, no doubt. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. We're getting into the Lake County survey that shows they are the latest Central Florida County to say no thanks on the Guardian program. And my question to you, parents and, and teachers in particular, all right, no Guardian program. Who is going to protect your kids in school from the next Nicholas Cruz, God forbid? Stay tuned right now, though, for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cold cash. It's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest that continues. Listen now for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. Yes, you could be our next $1,000 winner, like the one we had recently up in Deltona. An update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So in that landmark legislation passed by the legislature signed by Governor Rick Scott in the wake of the um, Marjorie Stoneham Douglas Parkland County School Massacre from back in February, set aside tens of millions of dollars for these guardian programs that would take staff members in 
public schools who volunteered to do this and trained them in the use of a firearm, police training. They'd be psychologically screened, screened in other ways to make sure we had level-headed people here so that we did have armed resistance within our schools to take down a mass killer activating within a school building. The Guardian program, voluntary across Florida for school districts. Um, Both local school boards and and the local sheriff need to um, decide they want to participate. Uh, We're talking about some employees, not teachers, to carry weapons on campus with the required training. Nice to see they're doing it in Hendry County, but that's a long way from central Florida. That's way down southwest of Lake Okeechobee, for crying out loud, over by the Gulf Coast. Here in Central Florida, I am unaware of a single county that is availing themselves of this opportunity to create an interior line of defense to protect our kids from the next, God forbid, Nicholas Cruz type. Now Lake County is the latest to reject this, and I don't understand this. I mean, particularly you parents and you teachers. Are you, are you comfortable with maintaining, essentially, the fish-in-a-barrel scenario with our schools as gun-free zones. And don't tell me that everything's going to be fine because we have school resource officers. They're going to have one at least at every school. You know, we know from Parkland that person is not always well-motivated to get into it with a mass killer or may not be in the right place at the right time when every minute counts on a school campus with the presence of a mass killer. Lake County put out a survey... For students, parents, and staff to respond. And it is clear from the results I am reading that a majority in Lake County do not want the county's public schools to take part in the new Florida School Guardian program to allow some school employees, not teachers, as I would have preferred, to carry guns. Listen to this. Strongest opposition from students, with nearly 81% in Lake County saying no. Nearly 60% of parents, no. 55% of school employees, no. 51% of Lake County residents also no to the Guardian program. Now, there was an earlier survey for just teachers found support for some armed staff. Teachers saying, yeah, 53% of us favor that. But this is being rejected again. And I guess I just don't understand it because I think you're very naive if you think that a lone school resource officer is enough protection or that you harden the perimeter with fencing, better locks on the doors of the school, bulletproof glass. Really? These mass killers are deranged. And they are highly motivated to do what they are doing. And if you do not have armed resistance within the school beyond a lone school resource officer who could be anywhere and could be the first one the mass killer takes out, by the way, how are you going to protect your kids from the next mass killer? I don't understand why everyone is turning away from this. What in the world is the problem? What in the world are you naysayers thinking? Call me, 407-916-5400, Hit our text line, never busy, 23680, standard message and data rate supply. In the meantime, 
Download our free and phenomenal iHeartRadio app today, tapping you into more than 800 iHeartRadio music and talk stations with every format. You can customize your listening experience to get from us what you want when you want it here on WFLA and throughout the amazing iHeartRadio family. Download the free iHeartRadio app now. Um, Not a single county in Central Florida with the money set aside for this going for the School Guardian program. I gotta tell you, I don't know how you sleep at night. Honest to God, I don't, with all due respect. Tell me what you think, and we'll have the conversation. 407 916 5400, text me at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming as well here in just two minutes. Stay with me on News Radio 1025 WF. I really don't understand it. The survey out of Lake County shows they're just another county in Central Florida joining all of the rest in saying no to this available. School Guardian Marshall program here to arm staff members to take on a mass killer inside the school before the cops can arrive to cover for a school resource officer who could have been taken out by the mass killer, might be in a different place on campus. Um, I think it's a, a, a critical connection with the reality that we face to, to institute these, these Marshall programs these guardian programs, and it is not happening. A school psychologist with some perspectives as Clinton joins the Bud Man. Good morning, Clinton from Orlando. Good morning, sir, and um, I appreciate your show. Um, I don't watch the news because it's so negative. Um, Just a few seconds, and I'll have a potential solution. I want to say this. I don't want, and and school psychologists are one of the ones chosen to uh, have guns if they go that route. I don't want the responsibility of knowing where my bullet goes. I don't think we have thought it through enough to say, what happens if I shoot one of the kids that I cherish? And I shoot more than one. I, I just I just think it's, I think we're... Well, Clinton, violence, Clinton hang on violence. here. You have to understand it's all violent. Please, please, Clinton, 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 Clinton. Excuse me. Excuse me here. We're talking over each other. I don't know if we have a technical problem. Forgive me if we do. It's all voluntary. Nobody's going to draft you to do this. You volunteer, you get background checked, you get trained, you get approved by law enforcement, and and then you become a part of this force. And nobody knows whether you have the concealed weapon or not. It's like an air marshal program. You don't know who's got the gun on the airplane, but anybody who wants to take out an airplane or anybody who wants to kill kids in a school is going to know there will be armed resistance. It's voluntary, Clinton. Back to you. What's that on my mind? To think that I've hurt somebody's child. And one more thing. Then don't what do if it. One of these deranged people was a student in my school. So now I've killed somebody's kid who, yes, may be mentally ill, but I've killed somebody's kid that now I know. All right. Now, is that the reason that the Lake County Survey folks are rejecting the, the, the Guardian program? Is that the reason all across Central Florida that not one county prepares to implement this program with all the money set aside for it? Yaffe, what's your take on this? And Steph as well, please. Well, I mean, here's the biggest thing to me. There are actually hundreds of schools in this country that already do something like this. And they don't have these problems that the left fears. Texas has been way out in front on this. Yeah, there are other schools as well. And there's actually been instances where them being armed has stopped a potential bad guy. So, I mean, I I don't see what the problem is here. What if, God forbid, here in Central Florida, and God, I hope the Lord will not allow this to happen, 
that we have another one of these mass killings, and it's right here in the Central Florida Public School. And it is very clear in the wake of it that if we had had armed resistance through a guardian program within the school, that we would have eliminated the carnage or reduced the body count. There's going to be blood on a lot of officials' hands. Steph, what do you think? Oh, I absolutely am for having teachers, you know, armed in school. That's not even part of this. They they even watered it down. No teachers, just staff members. Better than nothing, not as good as teachers, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think we need the teachers to be armed. Yeah. For sure. How do you account for the resistance to it? Just anti-gun. I think that's a lot of it. Our our culture has become so anti-gun. We vilified the gun so much in a lot of our pop culture that people think the presence of a gun means there's going to be a shooting, which obviously isn't the case. If you're counting on a lone school resource officer to take out the mass killer and protect your kids, you are not, in my humble, respectful opinion, facing reality. What are you going to say if the worst happens here? What are you going to say if you were part of rejecting this program available to your school and your school district. I fear we're going to be dealing with that nightmare at some point. That's why I'm such an advocate for this program. I think we have to face reality. It's discouraging to me. It really is. 729 on the 50,000-watt front porch. Deb checking in with an extraordinary story out of California with a Golden State killer after so many years. The serial killer has been arrested decades after the horrible crimes. And an Australian boy flies to Bali after stealing his mom's credit card. Deb's got the story and all the news at the bottom of the hour as we roll on from the front gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning, Orlando at 729. Deborah Roberts joining us for the newsroom right now. The trail of one of the worst mass killers in modern American history had been cold for decades. Suddenly, everything changed. Deb has the story. Yeah, former policeman is accused of being California's notorious Golden State Killer. DNA evidence led to Wednesday's arrest of 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo of Sacramento Sacramento County Sheriff Scott Jones says he receives emails to this day from people trying to help in the case. I can't underscore enough the dogged determination of not only the detectives working on this case, but the passion of the district attorney, myself, the community, and the victims. The Golden State Killer is suspected of 12 murders, 45 rapes, and more than 100 burglaries in the 1970s and 80s. Police are now going back over his time records for the time when he was a policeman to see if any of the home burglaries had been committed while he was on duty. Mm -hmm. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Well, escaping to Bali, I know it's on my bucket list. Uh, After an argument with your mom, might be every teenager's dream. Now, Bali's like South Pacific. Indonesia. Yeah, a nice tropical island. Oh, yeah. But for one particularly adventurous and reckless... 12-year-old Australian boy, that dream became a reality, even if it wasn't much for more than a week. The boy in question, whom a current affair on nine networks in Australia gave the pseudonym Drew to, is apparently not one to take no 
for an answer. Okay. So when his mom told him no, he could not go to Bali, he stole her credit card, booked a flight to Bali, and traveled there alone. Drew was ingenious enough that he realized he could fly alone on multiple Australian airliners from Sydney to Bali with just a valid passport and his student ID. After tricking his grandmother into handing him his passport, he told his parents he was heading off to school. Instead, he took a train to Sydney Airport carrying just a backpack and a kick scooter before boarding a flight for Perth and another to Denpasar. What an odyssey. The boy was reported missing March 8th. And Indonesian police finally found him March 17th. Wow. They All re- right. They returned him to his parents, who in the meantime had traveled to Bali. The boy had even booked accommodations at the All Seasons Hotel, telling the staff his sister was coming. I hope he enjoyed his week in Bali, because I think he might be grounded, like, Ooh, for life. Yeah, the boy's mother, Emma, told a current affair that she was, quote, shocked and disgusted there's no emotion to feel what we felt when we found he left overseas, end quote. Did he watch like Home Alone 2 or something? I don't know, but someone needs <laughs> to sit down with this kid because he, <laughs> he sounds just like the guy from Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, exactly right. I don't know if he's crazy or just really smart. I don't know, but <laughs> if he's showing this kind of ingenuity at 12, oh, good luck, Mom, when he gets his license. Yeah, I don't know if he's really smart. I hope he's really grounded. Yeah, Big time oh, grounded. He's really grounded. I have a feeling, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And somebody else who's going to be grounded, police in Southlake, this is in Texas, are having fun on social media as they search for a woman wanted for identity theft. They've been sending out some really cool tweets. One tweet, for example, says, Dearest Crystal LaDawn Finley, what's been up? We've Avi been looking all over for you. So they use a lot of text speak. Bud's giving me that look like, what are you saying? It's like both Stephanie <laughs> and Mike like, are I, in there. I need some Rosetta Stone know, in here I know. for this to translate. Stephanie and Mike are like, yeah. <laughs> why are you doing this to me? All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, why am I doing this to myself? That's, that's my question. But uh, police say Finley opened up several credit card accounts under someone else's name. She was captured on surveillance video at stores like Victoria's Secret, Ashley's Furniture, Best Buy, and Home Depot. They encouraged her to reach out to detectives who will totes fill her in. Totes is for totally. Totes fill her in. Got it. Tweeting, girl, call me. They said she's been uh, riding in a Jeep, a red Jeep compass with a Texas license plate. Grand Prairie and Carrollton, Texas police are also looking for her. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Deb, thanks. Hey, it's Jeffy's birthday today. Yes, it is. Yeah, we had a little celebration before the show. I had some cake. Already during the break. It was delicious. Thank you. We struck a New York theme because you're making your first trip to the Big Apple next week. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, terrific. We had a great morning here with the staff. Poor Steph, she got here a little bit too late for the party because I told her the party was going to be at 545. We had it at about 5 o'clock. But you should know I do not have control of the situation around here. Deb... I didn't even and have Sandra control. in the newsroom run the show on Since the birthday celebration. Since when do you not have control over I, here? I, not, not with that kind of stuff. <laughs> After he leaves this studio, honey? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> the am, power ends. <laughs> no, absolutely right. I'll help you out with that. <laughs> even here, it's sometimes not fully plugged in and powered up. <laughs> All right, good deal. Happy birthday, Yaffe. Happy birthday, Thank Yaffe. You. Yeah, we're going to celebrate here with a Yaffe birthday sound judgment question, and you can play our game and win our game if you haven't won it in 30 days, company rules on that. Step aside for others if you have won in the last month. We are playing for a family four-pack of great seats to the Disney on Ice show at the Amway Arena. It's coming up in May, okay? 
This is a great prize, a valuable prize. And we're also giving away to our winner the Trump Policy Board Game. Hard to get, but we've got them. 407-916-5400. I'm looking for sound judgment contestants. 407-916-5400. We're playing the game right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Our sound judgment uh, contestants are ready to go. And if you're getting a busy signal and you want in, as well you might with these two great prizes we are offering to our winner, if somebody goes down with a wrong answer on this Yaffe birthday-related question I have for you, opportunity knocks, a line opens, grab it quickly. You could win at 407-916-5400. Now, Steph, about those fabulous prizes. Yes, bud. So today we have a family four-pack of tickets to Disney on Ice, Dare to Dream at the Amway Center happening May 11th to the 13th. Visit 1025WFLA.com, keyword events, for more info. And we also have a copy of the brand-new Trump Policy Board Game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump Policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day and stand up for the kind of America they want. All right, we are excited to be able to bring you those two terrific prizes, and we're ready to play Sound Judgment. So here we are. It's April 26th. Big day around here. And at the White House, because this is Yaffe's birthday, but it is also First Lady Melania Trump's birthday. Our sound judgment question for this special occasion, tell me, how many years apart in age are Melania and Yaffe? That's the question. How many years apart are they? And while you give that some thought, listen now to what Melania said when we asked her what she thinks of when she thinks of Yaffe. Kindness, honesty, respect, compassion. He speaks his mind. He doesn't um, sweep under the rug. He says as, as he thinks and what needs to be said. Boy, what a tribute, Yaffe. I didn't know you and Milani were so tight. Yeah, I always knew she was really smart. I always <laughs> knew I liked her. Yeah. How about that tribute from the first lady, quote unquote? So, yep, it's Yaffe's birthday and it's Melania's birthday. Our sound judgment question again, just tell me how many years apart are they? Let's go to line one, see how we do. Take it away, line one. Uh, 16. Yes, how do you know that? (laughs) Yaffe, is this your mother calling? (laughs) How did you do that? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. We looked it up. My goodness, and you and you know something about Melania, and you know about Yaffe. Yeah, but she was 48 years old. And making Yaffe? 32. Absolutely right. You nailed it, and you've won the prizes. You excited? You're going to the Disney on Ice show, Family Forfeit. And the Trump board game is terrific. Great to have you on the show. What's your first name? My name's Leah. Leah, spell it, please. L-E-A. Very good. And where are you calling in from? Where do you folks live? Mount Dora, Florida. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite towns. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's it's wonderful. I'm glad you enjoy uh, Good Morning Orlando. We're glad you're a fan of Yaffe like we all are here. Yes, sir. Thank you, and happy birthday. Well, thank you. <laughs> Don't go away. Steph will talk with you off air, and we'll, we'll make okay, sure you get those you. prizes. Yeah, you too, Lee. And um, there we go. Yaffe, I thought we might be at this for a while. 
Like, yeah, I mean, my fan base just—they just know so much about me. Yeah, I know it. It's amazing. I mean, it was, yeah, it's amazing. But you know, it, it's incredible to think we would do that on the very, very first call. I'm absolutely shocked. I was prepared for us to be here for a yeah, while. Yeah, I haven't heard from Melania yet this morning. I'm sure I'll get a call, and she'll. Well, know, we'll wish each other happy birthday. Well, just let us know what she says, okay? I just okay, thought that was a yeah. very stirring tribute. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Coming up, we got the Rush Morning Update. Good morning, Orlando. We are delighted to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch from the Frontgate Realty Studio. We continue. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Deb has our news at the top of the hour. She'll be focusing on the Golden State serial killer arrested decades after the horrendous crimes and a student takedown being investigated. Uh, that and the news that we're seeing on a banner headline on Fox that Dr. Ronnie Jackson is out of the running um, to um, to head the VA. I know President Trump is on Fox and Friends live in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll be monitoring that if we have a definitive statement on uh, on the situation with his doctor, his White House doctor, Ronnie Jackson. Uh, that was his pick to head the VA. Looks like it is over, which I predicted yesterday on the show that it quickly would be. Good morning, Orlando. It's 8 o'clock on a beautiful Thursday morning, and you're just in time for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Golden State Killer is arrested decades after the crimes, and a student takedown is being investigated. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. More trouble out at UCF. Couple of students charged with rape. Hazing issues in the Greek fraternities. What needs to change at UCF? We're talking about it with you this hour of Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. The most innovative DNA technology is credited with leading to the arrest of the Golden State Killer in California. California authorities arrested 72 year old Joseph D'Angelo on suspicion of 12 murders and 45 sexual assaults, plus more than 100 burglaries from 1976 to 1986. Orange County District Attorney Tony Rakasis says Joseph D'Angelo will not see the light of day anytime soon. After all these years, the haunting question of who committed these terrible crimes has been put to rest. This defendant's been able to live free in a nice suburb in Sacramento. Our team is going to work hard to make sure that he never gets out. Sacramento County District Attorney Anne-Marie Schubert says that in the last six days, their crime lab was able to make the break that led to Giangelo's arrest. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. An 11th hour stay means Florida won't have to restore the voting rights of former felons before the November elections. A Tallahassee judge had ruled that the state's clemency system is unconstitutional and had given the state a deadline of today to revamp it. But last night, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta issued a stay while Florida appeals that ruling. In the meantime, the old clemency system will remain in place. Meanwhile, civil rights leaders will be marching on the state capitol today to support the restoration of voting rights for former felons. The Reverend Al Sharpton will join in the march from Bethel Baptist Church to the steps of the Capitol building for a noontime rally. They're supporting Amendment 4 on the November ballot, which sets up a system to automatically restore the rights of former felons after they've paid their debt to society. In local news, a UCF student accused of rape is out of jail and vowing he won't return. 
David Kirk posted bail yesterday and was allowed to leave the Orange County Jail. On his way out, the 20-year-old talked about the charge against him and said he is 100% innocent. Kirk is one of two suspects accused of gang raping a woman at an off-campus party last week while the woman says she was drunk and unable to consent. Back out on the Gulf Coast, the sheriff in Pasco County is defending one of his school resource officers seen on video pulling a female student to the ground at Sun Lake High School in Landa Lakes. Sheriff Chris Nako says the girl was skipping school and tried to hit the deputy. Numerous times did the SRO tell her, please, let's just go outside. Let's de-escalate the situation. Come on. You actually see him walking out there. He was trying to remove her from that situation. He was trying to remove her because she was being disruptive and all the other students around there were starting to be disruptive. But she wouldn't comply. As in this clip from the deputy's own body camera. Well, come on outside and talk to me and I won't have to lay a hand on you. You, you got it? You, you're on video right now. And right now you're disrupting everything that's going on right now. You hear me? Yeah. Nako says the deputy did everything he was supposed to do. The mother said she had to be taken to the emergency room for a concussion, and there's a scuttlebutt on whether or not the family plans to school uh, sue the school district. Uh-huh, interesting. And finally, a Massachusetts preschool, Pentucket Workshop in Georgetown, is banning the use of the term best friend. It considers it exclusionary. What? But a master teacher from Brooklyn says that's not the way to go. Honey Wilshansky says it's up to parents and teachers to help children learn the skills they need to make friends, including what to say when they want to join a game. She says you can role play with puppets so kids pick up confidence, the correct body language, and the right script. But yes, now you're no longer allowed to say best friend. Because it makes the ones who aren't quite as good of friends feel bad. Is I, that the deal? Is that what this is all about? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. You know this stuff makes my hair catch fire. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you found a place for it in the news. Thank you, Deb Meister. You're welcome. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. Watch as a firefighter literally catches an infant tossed from a balcony of a burning building. You can see the video at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And as we begin hour number three from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We have breaking news on the future of President Trump's White House Dr. Admiral Ronnie Jackson. The president's pick to be the head of the VA is out. And the president's been talking about it just within the past couple of minutes. Stay tuned for more on that. An update coming up on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. And just ahead of that, right now, after a word from Deb, your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash in our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Had a $1,000 winner recently up in Deltona. You could be next. Listen for the new keyword of the hour coming right up and text that word immediately to 200 200. You could win. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Good morning, Orlando. Once again, the kind of headlines you don't want to see at the University of Central Florida. Two students out there charged with gang raping a young woman at a party at a house used for parties off campus nearby Alpha Tau Omega fraternity, which has had all kinds of problems, been suspended in the past, is now the whole Fraternity has been suspended. We keep on seeing this kind of thing, whether it is um, sexual assault, 
whether it's hazing or whatever. I can tell you that in 2013 at UCF, the entire Greek fraternity system was suspended over a hazing incident, dozens of hazing problems, and they just continue year after year after year. What needs to change at UCF? Television news report I was watching last night, analysis of 56 crimes involving UCF students in the past couple of years. None wound up resulting in prosecutions. Most charges dropped either because victims unwilling to testify or victims' testimony deemed unreliable because they were drunk at the time. And this girl appears to have been blacked out, dead drunk. She says that she didn't consent to sex with these two guys. They deny that they ever did anything to her without her okay, and here we go again. In a moment, I will play comments from the two uh, young men who are accused of this gang rape. We do have a couple of upstanding graduates of UCF on our staff here in Good Morning Orlando. Alongside me now from the newsroom is Alan Spector, who's a UCF grad, and of course, Yaffe is a UCF grad. Guys, We continue to see this on your campus at your alma mater. You must be particularly concerned. What, based on all you know that's more than I know about the culture of UCF, needs to change out there? Well, I think when you look at these, and you mentioned several of the events that have transpired over the last few years, uh, a lot of it's alcohol-based. Do we need to control fraternities and sororities, or do we need to control alcohol on campus? Seemed to me they ought to be able to do that. I mean, the legal drinking age is what? It's 21, right? Right. And most college kids aren't 21. Some are. I don't understand why they can't shut that down. Well, you have the situation at Florida State University where you had uh, Andrew Coffey, the pledge, uh, who died last November at an off-campus party of alcohol poisoning. He was 20 years old, underage. And you have nine uh, students who've been... uh, uh, charged. Some are already serving time yeah. uh, for that particular uh, incident. You know, underage drinking on college campuses is not new and not at all unique to UCF, obviously. Uh, Yaffe, your thoughts on your alma mater and this this problem we have out there. I don't know how to get a handle on it, but something's got to change. We can't keep on having this kind of thing happening at UCF. Yeah, I don't know how to get a handle on it either, and I'm not sure it's just a UCF problem oh, it's I not i think it's a problem with a lot of colleges but, but that's our college yeah here in orlando we serve the metropolitan orlando area you can reach us anywhere through iheart radio and the app and all of that yes but basically we serve orlando in central florida this is one of the biggest college populations sixty thousand or so that you'll find anywhere in the united states but it just seems while a little of this is going to be inevitable given how many kids are on that campus right that, was that my this thinking. is going on much, much too often in the same areas of sexual assault and fraternity hazing. I think they just have to have a zero tolerance type policy on this kind of stuff and get the police involved. And well, they don't often. seem to have that. Alan. Well, they have that at FSU now in the wake of what happened up there. The president, John Thrasher, says it's zero tolerance for him. Uh, they've put the... Uh, the uh, various uh, Greek life uh, back in order there, but uh, he's ready to pull the plug at any instance of uh, something uh, happening. How do you account for what we see too often in the news out at UCF? A lot of great kids go there, but this kind of behavior, bizarre, dangerous, potentially deadly. Um, You know, in this particular case that's going on out there, I, I don't know whether these kids are guilty of doing anything without this woman's consent or not, but this kind of thing shouldn't be going on. 
And and the other thing is, she's just like completely dead drunk's going to be, you know, blacking out and the whole and and and, and admitting to that. I, I just don't see how she would ever be a credible witness, you know. And I think once again, you're probably going to see that there's going to be no prosecution, and if there is. There's not going to be a conviction, and of course, I don't know whether that would be appropriate at all, but it is disturbing behavior that continues. You will hear from these two kids who are um, charged with gang raping this woman, and uh, I, I want to know what you think is the source of this problem and what you would say the solution is. How do you change the culture at this university? 407 916 Text line 23680. You're next right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So we got a couple of UCF students here now charged with gang raping this woman at a you know at a drunken party last weekend at a house off campus used by a troubled fraternity, Alpha Tau Omega, for a lot of parties. They have now been suspended. They've been down that road before. You know, I, I'm beginning to think that the only way to really begin to get a handle on all of this, besides enforcing the legal drinking age on that campus, uh, is is they're going to have to get rid of the Greek system here. It's been a problem on a lot of campuses. was a problem where I went to school. Um, but we'll see. A lot of angles to this. Let's listen to these uh, two UCF students facing these very serious charges that could put them in prison for years here is one of them asserting his innocence emerging from the Orange County Jail, David Kirk. I am 100% innocent of these charges, and I know the truth will prevail. And then there is Jack Smith, the other one, over the weekend making his first appearance. And, and we'll listen to how emotional he is. I've never done anything wrong in my life. He's crying when he says that. I've never done anything wrong in my life. The woman says that she never gave consent that these guys were gang raping her. But then again, she admits to being blacked out, dead drunk most of the night, in and out. Not exactly a credible witness. For our UCF grads on staff, Alan Spector and um, and Yaffe, um, perhaps more disturbing than all of this is for the rest of us. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh... Uh, I'm a proud UCF grad, and I hate to see the things that have been occurring, especially over the last few years, as you enumerated a, a few minutes ago. Uh, this is just the latest in a series of unfortunate events involving... I would get a, I, excuse me, Alan, I would get a handle on this if I'm running UCF and we have a new guy at the helm now, because this is bad in terms of the future of the university. You know, getting parents to say, you know, and when, when you know... Susie or Johnny say, I want to go to the University of Central. You're not going to that place. Right. Look what goes on there. These headlines are 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 very bad for the university moving forward. And, and on that basis alone, they need to get a handle on this. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, reading a piece by Scott Maxwell uh, in the Orlando Sentinel. Columnist, and yeah. He pointed out that uh, bad behavior is not limited to fraternities. And he pointed out the True. example of Robert Champion, the drum major, for Florida A&M University, who was beaten in a, uh, what they call some kind of pledge. Well, that was a uh, hazing incident hazing on a bus. On a bus. band member there, and he died. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, It isn't all fraternities. I get that. But the Greek fraternity system, I don't know. It seems like, you know, it's from another age, you know, from 150, 200 years ago or whatever. I think Just, we have to ask ourselves, what are the positives of Greek life, yeah. and do they outweigh these uh, negatives that have been happening. Sure. 
When I was in college, I got out of the fraternity I was in, and they blackballed a Jewish kid for no other reason than he was Jewish. You know, and, and problems like that, racism, hazing, alcohol, sexual assault, this kind of thing seems to be more prevalent within the Greek system than it is elsewhere. And I'm not sure when you balance the good with the bad that the Greek system comes off particularly well. That's my perception from the outside. Alan, thank you so much for coming in from the newsroom. Sure. Do appreciate it. And Yaffe, who had nowhere else to go because he is tethered to the control room board until 9 o'clock, always great when our producer weighs in. Um, Bottom of the hour, Deborah Roberts checking in right now with the update on the uh, stunning end to this cold case uh, of a serial killer out in California because the Golden State Killer, after decades, has finally been found and arrested. And a Pizza Hut museum, a Pizza Hut museum has opened. Where? We're about to find out. The Debmeister next as we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. She's coming up with the news, followed by the house call with Dr. Ken Kronhouse. Much coming your way. We're here till 9. We're glad you're with us. Good morning, Orlando at 829. Boy, the trail for this serial killer out on the west coast of the United States had been just stone cold for decades. Suddenly it heated up almost overnight, and this case has broken wide open, Deb. What a story you bring us. Yeah, and it's an incredible story. It turns out a former policeman is accused of being the notorious Golden State Killer. Sacramento County District Attorney Anne-Marie Schubert says investigators have been searching for this suspect since they began their careers. Many have dedicated their virtual entire professions to seeking this answer. For many of us, it was more than a professional commitment. It became personal. The Golden State Killer is suspected of 12 murders, 45 rapes, and more than 100 burglaries across California in the 1970s and 80s. DNA evidence led to Wednesday's arrest of 72-year-old Joseph uh, James D'Angelo of Sacramento. Prosecutors say he's being held on suspicion of at least four murders. The Golden State Killer case was the subject of a best-selling book released this year called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A new museum dedicated to a national pizza chain is now open in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> I guess they have a museum for everything. I guess they do. The museum, which highlights the founding of Pizza Hut, was dedicated yesterday on Wichita State University's new innovation campus. The museum is housed in the original Pizza Hut building and will officially open to the public April 30th. Do you remember when Pizza Huts used to be shaped like the logo on the box? No, I do not remember yeah, that. Yeah, where they used to have like a certain kind of hut-like appearance. I never. Well, I do remember that, but I never tied it into the pizza box. Yeah. I wonder what they have on display at the Pizza Hut Museum. I mean, what could be less appetizing than a 1965 slice of pizza, you know? I don't know. I could, could be think looking of some pretty college, nasty. I think I could think of some college kids that would still eat that. It's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, eating, people are rushing to Disneyland for popcorn with a really big price tag. The treat will cost you 20 bucks for popcorn, but you will get a limited edition popcorn bucket in the shape of a little green alien from the Toy Story movies. Oh, well. Yeah. The Disney tchotchke is only available for annual pass holders, and those lucky enough to get one can refill it as much as they'd like for only a dollar. Now, this may seem like a throwaway story, but it's not. There are only 11 popcorn stands in the Southern California Park. This could be a harbinger of what we're going to see here in Central Florida. 
people, bud, at Disneyland have been waiting in line for a popcorn bucket almost as long as for some of the rides to get their hands on one. That's crazy, but if they're test marketing out in uh, in California, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them take a shot right here at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, in fact, mm-hmm. several... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, you know what that reminds me of? Right. It's something similar. When I went to Universal Islands of Adventure a few years ago, the line for the Harry Potter to buy one of the wands, the yes. Harry Potter wands was longer than, like, any ride. Longer than for Spider-Man or whatever? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't even a ride. It was just to buy one of the wands. Yeah. And the line for that was longer than anything in the in the park. Well, it's crazy. positive how popular these things are. Several of the alien buckets have already popped up on eBay, selling for as much as $80 a piece. Unbelievable. What's whatever so the market about, will bear. I mean, what's so special about I, this? I don't just because it's rare? I'd, I don't know, because it's not going to be that rare when everyone goes to sell theirs on eBay. (laughs) Yeah, true. All right. Now, finally, you might notice a lot of little people around the office today. I have not, not so far, but then again, I haven't been looking for them. Well, today is a great day to take your daughter or son to work because it's Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, for 25 years, the Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work program has inspired children all over the nation. It's designed to be more than just a career day where a child shadows an adult. It's meant to help children discover their own passions. The theme for this year is Service Force Agents of Positive Change. The Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Foundation says, quote, by bringing girls and boys together, we all contribute to creating a more equitable world at home, at school, and in the workplace, end quote. Whole family loves what I do for a living. Nobody wants to come in here with me, though, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I I guarantee you. I was going to say, that's why we haven't seen a lot of little people around here. The big people are still trying to wake up ourselves. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts with news, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. My co-host and partner here on the 50,000-watt front porch that is about to be occupied by Dr. Ken Kronhaus from Lake Cardiology with his weekly house call. It's breaking health and medical news. You'll find out what has been ailing Bush 41, who's been hospitalized, now thankfully moved out of intensive care. Among other things, um, a Major League Baseball pitcher suffered a brain hemorrhage during a game a couple of days ago. I asked Doc to weigh in on how common this is and what the warning signs might be for us so we can avoid that fate. The House Call is next, along with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. The best in the business, my doctor for more than a decade. Doc, welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch for the house call. Always great to have you with us. And great to be here, bud. And we're so happy that... um, Former President George H.W. Bush having so many physical problems and I'm sure suffering from a broken heart with the passing of his wife of 73 years, former First Lady Barbara Bush. We're so pleased that he is with us and appears to be recovering to some extent out of intensive care in a Houston hospital into a regular room. What about this blood infection that he got? What do we need to know about that? Exactly. He had has a blood infection and at his age uh 93 the most common source of a blood infection is either from the lungs or from the urinary tract and he has a history of parkinson's disease he uses a wheelchair and electric scooter 
And in recent years, he has been hospitalized several times for respiratory problems. And my feeling is, although they haven't announced the origin of the infection, is that he again got a respiratory infection. It went into his blood, and now he's being treated for what we call sepsis, when the infection gets in the blood. His, you know, when you get an infection, you have to first be exposed to a bug. And here's a guy being exposed to people from all around the world coming to the funeral. And, you know, not to make people paranoid, but most of our immune systems, we can take care of that. But he is in a state of elderly age in a wheelchair, a chronic disease, Parkinson's. And also with the amazing stress of losing his wife. You know, he, he is on record as the longest married president in history. Absolutely right. And they had a great, great love affair. Just very quickly, do you subscribe to the thought often when you see couples who were together for so long and loved each other so much, one goes, the other goes quickly, and people say he died of a broken heart? Do you believe in that as a doctor? What I believe is that the immune system is so in so uh, much decline over the mental stress they, they you know they do lose their ability to fight it and they yeah. also lose their desire to go on but i think he wants to live he is fighting this you know he didn't he could have refused the antibiotics but he has not well and, and jeb said it, his son said you know he's the, he's the toughest guy on the planet and uh, he wants to go to kenny bunkport this summer i wouldn't bet against him thanks for the update on Bush 41. Moms of childbearing age, if your baby comes early, you might want to blame the baby. Interesting research, or at least that's what I make of it. Let's talk about it, Doc. Exactly. Published in Science Translational Medicine this week. Preterm birth is the leading cause of infant mortality. Most potential explanations of premature birth revolve around the mother and what might cause her body to reject her developing fetus. But the news this week, bud, is that some preterm births occur because the fetus rejects the mother after its immune system is triggered too early and senses maternal cells as foreign invaders. Boy, that's an incredible piece of research there. Fascinating, Doc. You know, when folks go to the dentist, you know, we want to avoid the pain. And uh, sometimes, you know, they give us some real heavy-duty stuff that you are worried you're going to get hooked on, you know, opioids or whatever. We're all very sensitive to that. Apparently, there are some things out there not nearly as potentially dangerous that do the job when you're at the dentist, right? Exactly. Prescribing narcotics should be the last resort, as we're all learning. So the news this week in the Journal of the American Dental Association is that over-the-counter ibuprofen and acetaminophen provide better relief for dental pain than prescription opioids and are less likely to cause side effects. A combination of 400 milligrams of ibuprofen and 1,000 milligrams of acetaminophen is more effective for adults than opioid medications such as Vicodin or Oxycontin. You got a couple of items together here. Red flags raised on the issue of heavy drinking. Go ahead, Doc. The human microbiome consists of the trillions of bacteria and other microbes that naturally dwell in the body. There are links between the makeup of guts microbiome and risk of various diseases. The news this week published in the medical journal Microbiome but is that people who drink more than the recommended daily amount of alcohol Mm -hmm. have an unhealthy mix of bacteria in their mouths. Those who drink relatively heavily have fewer good bacteria in their mouths and have more bad bacteria including bugs that have been linked to gum disease, heart disease and cancer. And then the um, issue of linking heavy drinking to uh... PMS being worse for the ladies. 
Up to 40% of women in America have at least moderate PMS. Symptoms of PMS, they include mood swings, breast tenderness, fatigue, irritability, and depression. The news this week, published in the medical journal BMJ, is that women who are heavy drinkers are at increased risk of premenstrual syndrome. Very interesting. Let's close this out. I asked you to comment on a frightening story out of Major League Baseball several days ago when White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar, who was pitching a game, um, got the side out, came back into the dugout, and passed out and had had a brain hemorrhage. Let's talk about brain hemorrhages. What do we need to know? Exactly. He had a brain aneurysm, and a brain aneurysm is a bulge or ballooning in a blood vessel in the brain. It often looks like a berry hanging on a stem. Uh, Brain aneurysm can leak or rupture, causing bleeding into the brain. We call this a hemorrhagic stroke. The symptoms of a ruptured aneurysm is sudden, extremely severe headache, and this is a good reason to get medical attention immediately. Risk factors for developing this is cigarette smoking, high blood pressure, drug abuse, especially cocaine, heavy alcohol consumption. These can sometimes be inherited, especially if you have a first-degree relative, parent, a sibling, or child who's had these. You need to be checked out. Um, polycystic kidney disease is associated with it. Let me ask you, Doc, on this. If you think you could be having an issue like this, there's a test. What do you get? A CT scan? You get an MRI? What do you do? Right. A CT angiogram, uh, an arteriogram yeah. in, in the cerebral circulation, a CTA of the brain would show this immediately, an MRA of the brain would show this, anything that images the circulation to the brain. My time is gone. I could talk to you all day, and folks love listening to you on the house call every Thursday morning at 8.40. Doc, thank you so much. Have a great day at Lake Cardiology. Give my best to your patients and staff. Be well, bud. Thank you so much. And if you want to schedule an appointment with the amazing Dr. Ken Kronhaus, I don't think you can do better when it comes to heart care and heart care technology. Embodied in his incredible BudScan 2.0 heart scan, ending the guesswork about what shape your heart is in. Most insurance covers it. Ask about it, schedule one appointment. You'll see how special Dr. K and the staff at Lake Cardiology are. 352-735-1400. 352-735-1400. More of Dr. Kronhaus available to you every Sunday afternoon at 2 here on Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. Dr. K's nationally syndicated radio program, Sundays at 2, right here on WFLA. In a moment, Yaffe's birthday. And a wonderful tribute from First Lady Melania, who has the same birthday, some years apart, as our fabled executive producer. If you didn't catch this earlier, we'll give you another shot right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Right before we bring you what we brought you earlier in the show, we had a little fun on Yaffe's birthday. A tribute from the First Lady, who shares the same birthday as our executive producer. We'll hear from Melania on Yaffe here in just a second. But I want you to hear from me now, talking about Central Florida Lincoln and the car buying experience that will change everything for you, because you can't believe how great it can be, you know, when you're dealing with classy people selling classy cars like they are at Central Florida Lincoln People who know how to treat you with respect, who really know their cars, who never apply the pressure. Um, It's a remarkable experience. You will love it at Central Florida Lincoln. And they have the buy of a lifetime on the Lincoln of your dreams. And I want to recommend that you get out there before they're, they're 
out of stock again. The the Lincoln Navigator 2018 Living Room on Wheels, this huge, luxurious machine, is just the classiest thing on the road. And they're hard to get, and they've got them for you. They want you to know it's Central Florida Lincoln, the absolute lowest Lincoln price guaranteed, 407 916 Um, Let me see, 2055 West Colonial Drive near John Young. Go see him and tell him I sent you. Do we have time to play that, or are we out of time? Let, let's play. Here's Melania on what she thinks of when she thinks of Yaffe. Kindness, honesty, respect, compassion. He speaks his mind. He doesn't um, sweep under the rug. He says as, as he thinks and what needs to be said. Boy, she loves you, Yaffe. We all love you. You and Melania were the same birthday some years apart. Nice tribute, huh? Yeah, I always knew she was smart. By the way, I have to wish my sister Jen a happy birthday as well, my twin sister Jen. So happy birthday, Jen. Terrific. 32 years. He's terrific. Melania, a few more than that. From all of us, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.